that's sometimes when we're stuck on something, we need to go like another level over and go, well, can you forgive yourself for being stuck on it? You know what I mean? Because we beat ourselves up for getting yeah. stuck. We, we beat ourselves up for all sorts of stuff. But like, take it a level back. Can you can you be okay with the fact yeah. that you're not good at this yet? Can you be okay with the fact that you don't know what to do? Or that you're... It, can you be okay with the fact that you feel this way? Whatever mm-hmm. it might be. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. The big question that so many of us have been asking ourselves over these these last weeks, approaching approaching month time period for some of us, and uh, man, that's a that's a good question. <laughs> and we thought, yeah, that's that's something for us to explore on many levels. Maybe we'll have some suggestions for uh, for everyone, and uh, but maybe we'll just have some some thoughts as to you know, just the importance of the question itself. So here we are again from quarantine land coming to you. (laughs) The new normal. The new normal. (laughs) The new normal in a strange time. Yeah, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Things I always say, (laughs) (laughs) especially in times like this. Yeah. Um, Well, you want to reveal the title? If people didn't read it. Oh, yes. Did I not even say it? Did, did I didn't. just play around with it? So like, what the hell do I do with myself? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, a, yeah. Take it away. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, but that's uh, that's the funny thing. I'm not I'm not actually fully in isolation yet, um, although I had a little taste of it. Um, but I've been in I've been in kind of like isolation before in the sense that I isolated myself from the general public <laughs> yeah. and just did that, um, before there was a virus as a, you know, just kind of a process of reevaluating my life and reevaluating who I was as a person. Um, I also went through a stage in my life where I went from being very, very busy to, uh, really having total free time when I was younger, I was going to university I had a full course load. I had uh, a, a job, which took out a good portion of time. I was in acting class, which took up a great portion of time. I was also auditioning. I was making movies. I was writing scripts. And I wasn't just doing university. I was studying my regular course load. And then I bought all the books in the film program, even though I wasn't in it. And I was reading those on top of that. So my days were packed, like every ounce of every bit of life was just filled. And I remember thinking during that time, man, I just cannot wait until I'm out of school and my artist career has taken off and I can just write and make films. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally that happened. And for the first month or three months or something like that, when it did, it was like, I really didn't do much of anything. I actually wrote less. I made less films. I mean, I just did way less. And then I woke up one morning and I was like, holy crap, I'm like wasting this opportunity. And 
I decided that like, if I don't do something now, this is all going away. And this thing that I wished for is never going to like, I'm never going to get a chance to like, you know? And yeah. so I just started, I started writing all the time. I started, I, I drove down to Los Angeles. I went and got myself into acting classes down there. And I just, I just did the things that I felt were in my, my desire. Right. So um, I know we can't necessarily leave right now. Like it's not really a good thing to do. Um, and that's slowly catching on with everybody, but there's still other ways in which we can take this opportunity and apply ourselves and all of that. So I don't know. That's, that's something that I have to kind of like throw into this, but I'm in the whole situation again, myself in a sense, because it, you know, even though my job is considered a necessity, the Joe job thing I'm doing right now, and it's, it's good to like, feel like I'm helping and contributing. Um, when I get home, you know, it's not like I'm going out to see anybody. It's not like anybody's getting together for drinks or coffee or a meal. Yeah. Um, and you know, I have that time on my own. So it's, yeah. What, what the hell do I do with myself? Um, is definitely, I'm going through the stages of that. Like everybody. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's like, I've already seen lots of posts that people have been sharing about the sentiment of, oh, if I only had time and, <laughs> and now it's like, well, now we have all the time in the world and you're still not doing it. Uh, you know, th that's not to run, run a guilt trip, but it, it is a fascinating thing that we find our, ourselves in, which is to suddenly have all of this time and all of these things that we've told ourselves that we want to do and to be either not doing them or not taking action on them or to be distracting ourselves. I mean, we have a billion distractions at our disposal, most of us uh, in like the Western world or Western developed countries, I guess. And, you know, there I, I do find that that laziness has a ceiling to kind of go back to one of our conversations that we had just in, in last week. Uh, but, you know, there there is a ceiling to that stuff when you when you really go into it. You know, you watch all the movies you want, all the binge, all the shows that you've missed, you know, just lay on the couch. And eventually that gets exhausting in its own right. Mm. And when that exhausts itself, at least for, for, for me, because I've definitely been doing my fair share of being lazy <laughs> over this last while. And after doing enough of it, of just, you know, being on the couch and just like doing nothing but, yeah, like watching movies and shows and playing video games and stuff, it's great. But then there's this space inside me, there's this thing inside me that's just like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, and suddenly I'm just confronted with this sense of, I need to do something else, but I don't know what, you know, the, that's when the question comes up of like, what the hell do I do with myself? Because I don't even, I don't even want to do the distracting things anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird feeling. I don't know how, how to characterize it. It's almost a bit of a spooky, eerie, restless feeling that comes with it because it's just like, it's like you don't even, you just don't even want to watch another movie. You don't, don't want to watch another show. You're just, you're just restless. 
And it's like, what the hell do you even do with that thing? Mm-hmm. You know, when when sort of the stuff that's normally there to just occupy you is no longer fulfilling you in, in a way that it once was. And it's a really it cool and interesting thing, I think, that happens because it puts us into confronting a part of ourselves and facing a part of ourselves that we don't often have the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. I, I think what's what's good for anybody who has been in the arts or is in the arts to some degree, you've developed an outlet already. And that gives you a huge advantage during this time. Like if you're a musician, you play your instrument, right? If Or you sing or you do what you need to do, um, work on your computer to create your beats. Um, if you're an actor, you can read plays, you can start to study some lines, you can practice your monologues, you can get online with people like we're on and you could just have a dialogue with them and work your acting. I mean, you can, you could do this stuff, right? And, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm throwing out ideas that people haven't thought of yet, but if you have something that you create some expression, huge advantage. So I would say anybody who doesn't yet, maybe you've always wanted to get into acting. Maybe you've always wanted to, um, you know, start to play some instrument or make some films or do some things. There's lots of opportunity. And if the next question comes up, like, well, how do I do that? That's the best thing. Like, like that's what you need to be asking yourself. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Because there's online schools, there's online coaches, there's um, all this great technology we have, which can give you the ability to just play around. There's YouTube, there's Udemy, there's these education systems that are out there that are like free and very minimal pay. Um, you can do it all online. So I think like you get tired of Netflix or gaming or sitting around or sleeping or whatever it is that you're doing. And then, you know, you might say, well, Hey, I want to apply myself to something and you can get really involved in that. And and all of a sudden, like, what the hell do I do with myself? The answer starts to solve itself. Mm -hmm. But I I do think that you shouldn't, I, I don't think you should do that because you think you should do that. I don't think you should, I don't think it should come from that place. Should, 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 but like (laughs) (laughs) find your way there. Like if something pulls you towards it inside, then yeah, go down that road. But like, if you're not there yet, that's also okay. You might still be in a stage of rest or a stage of healing because some people are grieving, right? That's something that we don't really think about. Like some people have lost people already. I mean, you know, and, and you might be in that stage and that's okay. And if you feel super alone, maybe looking at who you can reach out to right now is what's important for you. I, I, I don't know, right? But I think that we go through stages and every stage is natural, but we just don't want to get stuck in a stage and, and we're stuck there and we won't move even though we know we need to and it's not good for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, there's tremendous resources that are at our disposal. I, I want to just throw something out there, um, which seems very simple and, and almost trivial. Um, but I do think that it can be profoundly beneficial in, in a time like this. And I don't remember where I heard this This is might, it might've been a Brene Brown thing. Um, but the, idea is change the air 
like is kind of the idea is change the air. If you're in a restless state, change the air, which can literally be that change the air, like step outside, go for a walk. You know, like it's, I know that there's depending on where you are in the world, listening to this, uh, there might be different, uh, things that you, you have to abide by during this time, uh, where we are, uh, and we're doing pretty well here in British Columbia, uh, as far as how, as, as we've been, um, what's the, uh, flattening the curve. We've been flattening yeah. the curve here and we've been practicing social distancing, which has been, you know, just keep two meters, six feet apart from from other people, but we've been encouraged to actually go outside. I mean, especially right now it's springtime and like where things are blooming, you know, like the, the air is fragrant, the, the weather is warming, you know, it can be a profound shift. And I'm, this is like for myself as well. Very often, the only thing that I need to do it, when I'm feeling restless is like, I need to just step outside and get some fresh air. I just need to remind myself that my world exists beyond the walls of my home. Mm-hmm. You know, like that can have, uh, like, that can't be understated how profound of an impact that can have on your mental state. How that mm-hmm. can sort of just open things up for you for a few moments and, and just to refresh you and, and stimulate you in, in a way that you need. Mm. It's not always necessarily definable, but it's like, but the feeling is there. It's like, Oh, right. Yeah. All I needed was some, a little bit of sun on my skin and some fresh air in my lungs. It, I mean, it can be a huge thing just to do it, something it, like that. It is a huge thing. Yeah. Just some fresh air and some sun and it is, is so valuable. And I think sometimes we don't realize how much so. And in in a time like this, it is a time to really begin to like appreciate that stuff. I've grown up in BC my whole life. And I remember when I moved down to LA and I lived there for a little bit and, uh, you know, it was a great experience and everything, but I remember like it just didn't have the green that BC has. I'm not comparing them as say one's better than the other. I'm just saying like, I didn't notice how green and lush and beautiful and mountainous this province was until I went and lived like in a desert and like went, Oh wow. Like this is different. And, and don't get me wrong. Like other places in the world, like, you know, I've been, I've lived in Mexico for a little while. They have things to appreciate in those areas. And I was appreciating them because I was new there, but there was a point where I was like, well, what about where I came from? I totally forgot. Like, that's actually cool too. Mm -hmm. And something I've been realizing during this whole kind of crisis going on is I've been looking up at the mountains and the skyline and the sunsets over the mountains. Like I've never looked at them. Like (laughs) I just like look at them like these beautiful art pieces. And I, it makes me wish I could paint because, and maybe, I I don't know, who knows, maybe I'll pick it up, but like, (laughs) but like, I don't have the ability to be able to paint, but like, I, I, I'm finally beginning to understand why a painter would paint a landscape because when you look at something and you have an emotional experience of it and you see it and it's beautiful, but you have like an internal experience of it and you almost want to express it, but it wouldn't necessarily be the way it is, but it would be your expression of it. Mm -hmm. Like I finally understand that because I've just had this time to like really think about the things that are not 
like that I took for granted. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I do think that taking things for granted, I don't think you should beat yourself up for that because like, I think part of life is taking always something for granted. I think that's just how we do life and you're always going to do it, but it's, it's when you realize you're taking something for granted and you appreciate it all over again, that can be such a cool thing. And I think like in this time of what the hell do you do with yourself? Maybe look at something you took for granted and like, maybe find your appreciation for it again, because there's all these cool things I think you can discover. Yeah. That was just one for me that came up recently. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like in, in many ways, it's a situation of being struck by things. And I've been finding over these last few weeks that that's something that, uh, has been happening in very interesting and unique ways. Uh, like you're saying, like things that you notice you take for granted and it's not even necessarily like, it's just suddenly there's something that's happening or something that I'm seeing that just, you know, you're, you're struck with it. And I think in a time like this, those are important things to, to acknowledge, you know, to don't, don't discount those, those feelings, even in the space of, because in many ways, the topic, the question that spurred off this whole conversation is like, what, what the hell do I, do I do with myself? You know, that's being struck by something, you know, in a, in a quite a profound way. And, and by engaging with the question, as opposed to resisting the question, resisting that feeling and trying to push it away, you know, the question opens up possibilities, right? What the hell do, and if if we're willing to, to listen and to follow curiosity, we can find all sorts of things that are at our disposal, right? Mm -hmm. But the only thing that, um, because one of the things we did sort of in our pre-talk was, was we were chatting a little bit about beginning and learning, and that can be a very intimidating um, process, full of resistance to that process, um, with especially with anything creative, you know, because we, a lot of us in our society are, are perfectionists, and you know, we have a hard time not being good at things right away, and that's. So like we have this incredible opportunity to begin learning, but often the thing that gets in the way is just our own idealisms and perfectionistic tendencies that prevent us from going into something. Totally. Totally. I mean, starting something new, especially something that you've never done before, you're probably not going to be good at it. And you're also going to be doing things that seem like you're way behind, like you should be ahead. I mean, I've been dabbling with this video game development and it's like some of the stuff in the beginning is just super overwhelming because you're like, okay, like I don't even know what I can do. Like that's one of the other things like, you know, like, like I was talking with someone and he's, he's learning video game development too. Just so happens we're both interested in it. He's a little bit further ahead of me. And I, he was like, well, what do you want to learn? And I said, well, I don't even know. Like, I don't know where to start. And he, he was kind of like, like basically when you told me, I I was immediately overwhelmed because I'm like, Oh, I thought, (laughs) I thought I could just kind of like do it this way, you know? And, and what I'm finding is that there's no real right way to do it. And 
What's kind of exciting, I suppose, is that I'm finding my own path into video game development, which I don't know how far I'll walk down this path. But like right now, I'm just kind of like, I'm just dabbling at like certain things to try and figure out a way into this for me that makes sense based on what I want to do. And um, people don't realize this and, and I wouldn't think most people would even video game players is that there's so much thought that goes into a video game. Like, you know, depending on the type of game you're doing, there's character development, there's atmosphere development, like environmental development. There's, the, the combination of like, is it open world? Is it like a closed linear world? Um, the problems that you need to solve, you need to create those problems and you need to make it interesting for someone to solve those things. Um, the earning potential like in the game because earning and development in your characters and story is part of something. Um, just the whole format because mm-hmm. there's different formats of different types of games. So anyway, um, it, you know, I'm not. I, I'm not here to talk about video game development, but I'm. I'm kind of demonstrating that, like, when you start something new, it can be extremely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, you just got to kind of keep taking steps forward, and just let that naturally unfold. Yeah. At least, I mean, that's what it's always been like for me. I mean, I think about filmmaking, I think about acting, I think about everything. It's always been a little bit like that. Everything's mm-hmm. always been, you know a little bit overwhelming at some point. And yeah. I think some people run away from that. And I, I think that you do yourself a disservice if you actually are interested. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything is difficult until it becomes easy yeah. <laughs> as the expression goes. And yeah, like, and it can be in, it can be incredibly challenging. Like I know for myself, like I've tried a couple of different endeavors over this last little while. Like I, I decided like I, I got inspired watching, uh, you know, and that's kind of a funny thing. It, I got inspired watching a show. I was watching a show called Portrait Artist of the Year. Um, and it was just, yeah, it's like this this British show where, like, there's all these portrait artists and, and they compete in the show to win this, um, uh, basically this, uh, I can't remember, oh, what's... It's like, oh, a commission. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. This basically this commission thing to paint this, you know, like a this famous person for some specific reason, right? So they're all vying to 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 win this. And I was just so uh I, I was just so fascinated by their process and and how they were their ability to to draw and, and make these images that uh, it made me kind of want to pick up drawing again. You know, like I did a little bit in, in high school and stuff, but it's something that I just never felt, uh, I never felt good enough at doing to, to continue on with it. I wasn't quite getting enough enjoyment out of it. So I ended up finding just like some videos on YouTube of people like, and there's a shit ton of videos on YouTube of people teaching you how to draw, <laughs> people <laughs> teach you how to draw. And I ended up just finding a couple of people who it's like, oh, I really like their their art style for one. Like that's kind of like the first thing is like, you know, look for someone whose work actually really speaks to you. Right. And then uh, and then hopefully they're like fairly good teachers and you like how they're doing it. So I started like with a couple of lessons like that this one guy was doing and I found myself within minutes being 
very frustrated. We're <laughs> 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 just like, ah, oh, this doesn't look anything like what he's drawing. What the hell? And I was, I was getting really irritated by it, and I just kind of just pushed through it, just pushed through that frustration and let go a little bit. And she's like, okay, you know what? Like, this is a professional <laughs> who's doing this as like, this is their job to do this. And, you know, you're just learning and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And as I kind of let go and, you know, the image came along and it was okay, but it was ultimately realizing that he's like, you know what? I'm going to do another one and the next one's going to be better because, and I did, I did another one. I did another drawing and just in, uh, and I just, uh, started using the principles and some of the techniques that he used in the lesson. And I just did my own drawing completely. And by doing that, I realized I'm like, Oh, I actually learned how to do this and this and this and this. Mm. that I never knew how to do before, but I learned uh, a technique. I learned some fun, fundamental principles, things that stuck, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of like those wins that you get when it comes to learning something and doing something creative for the first time, you know, or when you're just in, in those early stages is that especially at the beginning, like it's quite easy to, to trace your wins. It's quite easy to trace where you have growth at the start because it's like, oh yeah, right. I didn't know how to do these three things before. And that's the stuff that you got to focus on, Mm. which is, it's like just those couple of things that kind of sunk in, you know, it's like, no, you're not at the, at the mastery level that they are, but a couple of things sunk in and you're actually forever changed by that. I know Mm -hmm. now that if I ever choose to just pick up a pad of paper and a pencil, I know I I have a couple of tools that I know how to use now that will make my drawings better and will help me to achieve the effect that I want more going down the road. And that's a really, really cool thing, but it requires a it requires a kind of a, a letting go of of your expectations about how it's supposed to and not trying to be too perfect at it. You know, it's just like give it your best shot. Try to do it the best that you can. But always remember that it's play. You know, like you're always doing it for play. Like it's especially like right now, it's like I'm not looking to become a professional artist. It's not an interest of mine. I'm just interested in becoming a better artist for myself. You know, it's just as another creative outlet. So, you know, it's, it's, I think retaining a sense of play with learning is a crucial thing at this time. I think so too. That's a really good point. I think play is such a valuable lesson to bring into everything you do. And, you know, especially now, and, and I think play is an interesting thing as an adult, because it's, it's almost, it's almost a discipline because you, you get in the habit of playing, right? Like playing becomes a part of your life. Like when mm-hmm. I, when I was a kid, I remember being like, okay, well, what am I going to play today? Like every day was about play. Yeah. And I, I had this friend, Robbie, and he lived down the street from me. And, um, I used to walk down the street and knock on his door and ask if Robbie could come out and play. And, um, we created this game back in the day. I'll just share this is silly, but it's funny. I think, um, we created this game called Mac and Joe 
and he was Mac and I was Joe. And we were basically like action heroes, right? Like from yeah. television shows and stuff. <laughs> and we would, we would take our cap guns and we would create scenarios and then we would pretend to shoot bad guys. And then like every other like day, one of us would get shot in the shoulder yeah. <laughs> you know, or something. And of course we recovered like nothing, but like, <laughs> we're just like playing these games and we just create and, and, um, this is what we, we used to be fighting this guy called Bluebeard. And the reason why it was called Bluebeard was because one day I was doodling and I drew this guy with a beard and I had a blue pen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Bluebeard was his name, yeah. you know? But like every day was some form of play. It was just about creating and doing it and trying it. And as silly as this stuff is, which it is kind of silly you really want to bring that into whatever you're doing and like, yeah. let yourself be silly. Let yourself be kind of, you know, um, I don't know. Like, I think it's that the problem is as adults is we get so judgmental. Like we, mm -hmm. we go like, Oh, like I can't do that. That's dumb. Or like we have some judgment on it. Right. But yeah. like when you're a kid, you don't judge it. You just do it and you try it out and you play it. Right. Like, um, uh, you know, like, I had a, I have a cousin and, you know, she and I would hang out sometimes when our parents would leave us together just to hang out. And she had like Barbie dolls and she wanted to play house and stuff. But I was like, I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're playing house. You know what I mean? But like, you just do it because you're a kid and you try it out, you know? Yeah. Um, but like, I think the thing is, is, as we get older, we start to limit ourselves because we say like, well, this is okay. And this isn't okay. And then if I'm not doing it at this quality, it's not good enough. And all of that, I think really needs to go out the window right now, because when you're saying, what the hell do I do with myself? Look at all the judgments that are stopping you from doing anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so often I, again, this is, this is Brene Brown, um, here. Like I remember listening to her doing a talk, just most people who like, it's incredible. The amount of adults who, really loved to do something as a kid and then they were they were shamed or or put down or or embarrassed by somebody for for liking what they were doing or they were just what they did was just criticized and it just made them stop you mm -hmm. know like and it's it's really a sad and unfortunate thing especially since like we are i mean we're in a time like right now where creativity is like beneficial to all of us. And, you know, I'm not saying that people aren't being creative because I think people are being tremendously creative right now. Like people are posting all kinds of stuff of things that they're doing, things that they're crafting, things that they're baking, things and, and people posting videos of dancing and stuff, you know, it's just like these things have, have extraordinary benefits to us that we, that, yeah, again, like we're kind of conditioned into thinking that there's no real use for this stuff, mm -hmm. you know, but there's there's a real practical, tangible element to creativity in our lives. You know, like if engaging in just a little bit of creativity every single day changes the way that we think it changes our ability to problem solve. Like these are, I guess, soft skills that, that will that I think would be sort of like the technical term for it. But these are soft skills that have very real implications for us. And they're oftentimes not as easy to, you know, point to, but they're no less real and, and tremendously impactful 
in our lives. And just beginning to engage in a little bit more creativity and, and even feeling a little bit ridiculous. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who was saying that he's like, I'm dancing every single day. Just like in his house, he just, he just puts on some music and he just dances for however long. And I just thought, shit, I want to do that. You know, mm. like I just want to dedicate a little bit of time every day to just do some dancing. Just like move in your body, find some expressiveness in a, in a different way. I yeah. mean, there's, there's tremendous benefits to that across the board. You know, but these are the little things that I think that, you know, I think that many of us have these impulses, you know, when we were first hit with it to, to do it, but we stop ourselves from doing it because you're like, oh no, it's silly. There's, you know, it's like, it's like at some point along the way, play for adults becomes something else. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, play is, you know, getting together with, uh, your friends and getting drunk on the weekends, you know, like, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a form of play, I suppose. <laughs> but I mean, interestingly enough, it's like what happens when people do that, right? Yeah. Like oftentimes people go and they dance or they do something fun and playful, but it's like, really the drinking is just a catalyst for them to do something that they used to do as kids. Right. Well, it's, it's, you know, that's a good point you bring up because what are we using to excuse ourselves to allow us to do what we actually want to do? I mean, a lot of people will do that. They'll, they'll use alcohol as an excuse to be more of how they want to be. Um, you know, being able to talk to people, being able to dance, being able to put themselves out there, you know, you don't need the thing to do the thing, but, um, this is a, this is an interesting time because you can start to realize that you don't need one thing to do another. You can just do the thing that you want to do. And I, actually, so the other day, I, I think on the podcast, I mentioned like, do this experiment. If I had one day left to live, what would I do? If I had one week left to live, what would I do? If I had one month left to live, what would I do? One year left and then one decade. Mm-hmm. And I played this game actually with my class because I teach an online class as well. And we did it. And we did a meditative experience of it. And I, I don't know how to explain how profound this exercise is. It's, it's just incredible. And I really like, I'm giving this away for free. Just go do this exercise, sit with yourself, put on some like meditative music and ask yourself and give yourself like a few minutes with each one and just ask yourselves, what would I do in a day? What will I do in a week? What will I do in a month? What would I do in a year? What would I do in 10 years if I was to die at that point? And mm-hmm. what you'll find is like your, your day one will be like very immediate stuff. It'll be like, well, I do this and because you're in a rush to try and do the most important things that need to happen now. Mm-hmm. And we don't do the day thing now because in truth, we all believe we're going to live longer. Most of us at least believe we're going to live longer than a day. So, you know, and then as you start to get to like a month or a year, things start to become more more real. Right. But then when you start to look at 10 years, 10 years doesn't feel real for a lot of us either Mm -hmm. because 10 years just seems so far away. Like, I don't even know what's going to happen in 10 years, but what ends up happening is you start to sort out your values and you Mm -hmm. start to figure out what's important. And here's the epiphany that I had on the last time I did it, which was this week, not giving a fuck what people think of me was the big realization that I had because Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, if I'm going to die, why do I care what you think of me? I don't. Because if you're going to try to limit my life, 
and I only have this amount of time to live, then I don't give a fuck what you think. You yeah. know what I mean? And I, I wish that for everybody to have that <laughs> awareness because yeah. stop giving a shit about what other people think of you and do the thing that you want to do. And, you know, like granted this virus thing is, you know, most of us are probably going to be okay, but this is a very real threat and it's a great time for you to go, okay, if this is the time that I have left to live, what are you going to bring forth in your life? Mm. And I, I know I'm on, on my soapbox here a little, but like, I'm telling you this exercise is one of those things that can change the, the, the paradigm of your life yeah. because you might have been doing things that are important for somebody else. And now finally you can do something that's important for you. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a very, um, it's a very powerful thing that you're bringing up because a lot those questions, if you really engage with them honestly and with attention and time, are things that can, like you said, reveal to you what really matters, what has meaning, what what you really actually value. And those things can be tremendously, that can be tremendously powerful self-knowledge that propels you through your blocks and your resistances to creating. Because it connects you with with that space that, that that's within each of us where that's kind of that challenging rebellious nature of just like, well, what am I not going to do this? Cause this is what I, <laughs> yeah, like, totally. this is what I give a shit about. And of course I'm yeah. going to do it. And, and yeah. And, t- and very often what comes with that is that sense of like, yeah, I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Right. And the, the interesting thing is, is that like we often find that, there's actually never been anybody who is stopping us from doing anything. In fact, that we've got all kinds of supporters and people who are in our corner to support us through it. I mean, it's not always to be expected. And, you know, you can definitely expect that there are going to be, you know, the trolls and whoever who who are just going to shit on anything. But, you know, that's that's not your business at the end of the day. Right. But the so often the stories that we tell ourselves of uh, that are in some wave, shape or form related to this notion of, well, what will people think? Will people think I'm stupid? People are going to think my stuff is shit. People are going to think blah, 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 blah. Um, we often find that when we begin and commence and actually take action on these things is that those things don't even exist. Those that like, or at least not in the way that we thought they were going to be. And, and that these are just made up voices in our heads. You know, there's our own self judgment about yeah. it. And there was never anybody else. <laughs> and it was just us the whole time. I, I personally, I think that the turning point for a human being into like, um, at least at least a form of self-awareness or if you want to be really woo-woo and call it awakening is realizing that every judgment that you think people are doing of you is really you doing of yourself and that everybody is just a projection of what you have inside your own self that you haven't healed. Mm -hmm. And when you stop, when you stop letting your internal projection of yourself 
dictate your external project projection, your, 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 let's say your corrupted internal projection, uh, stop your external expression, then you be, you become free because when you say like, I don't like what they think of me matters. What you're saying is that I see me in you and I don't like that in me. And if you see it too, you're not going to like it. And so I won't do it. That's what you're saying. Think mm -hmm. about it. If I express it, then you might experience something I already know about myself. So here's the thing. If you already know that you're like a little bit of a nerd or you're a little bit of a, a goof or you're a little bit clumsy or you're a little bit whatever, right? And you don't like that about yourself. You need to heal that. Otherwise, what's going to happen is that's going to forever chain you to your limitation. And I'm not saying that it's easy, right? Like this is a lot of the, the work I try to do with people because, um, you know, for me, I just think what's most important in this human experience is that we are willing to live, I know that sounds super simple and super like cliche in a way, but I really don't see everybody living their life. And when I do see people let out the truth of themselves, I think it's the most fascinating, most rewarding, most fulfilling thing that can ever happen for a human being. And if you can do that consistently over and over in your life, I really think that that's what living is about. But you know, you first have to look within and I know like you might not have all the tools, but like, don't worry about what other people think of you. Like, and, and you can say this over and over. And I know that it's so hard to hear it when you don't really like when, when you haven't really worked through, but just like, look at it this way. If there's something you don't like about yourself, it's okay that you don't like it. You don't have to make yourself wrong for not liking it about yourself. But if it's stopping you from doing something that you actually want to do, try to work through the not liking it. Try to find peace through it mm -hmm. and, and try to like, like let yourself out of that because it's not us that's holding it against you. It's you that's holding it against you. Yeah. And you're going to see that. But like right now, it seems like it's us because you're projecting that onto everyone else. But it's not. And everybody wants that. That's the funny thing. Everybody wants the same thing, but everybody's living in the same prison, thinking that everyone else is holding them in that prison. And it's all of us holding ourselves in the same thing. And it's like, mm -hmm. but we all want to be free. It's, it's silly, right? Yeah. And when you see how silly that is, you start to go, well, I don't really give a shit what someone thinks of me because that's just me saying, I don't give a shit what I think about me. <laughs> yeah. And you know? in that, yeah. in that is is forgiveness to certain yeah. degree. Like I, I truly believe that, you know, forgiveness is like one of the most powerful things that we will ever learn to do in our lives and can learn to do in our lives. And, you know, it's, it is a bit of a practice, but the thing is like, we always think of forgiveness usually in the sense of, of somebody else as well. Right. When really usually the forgiveness we're most in need of is, is forgiveness towards ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a big part of, of working through what you just brought up, which is that those parts of yourself that, that you, that you don't 
like, those parts of yourself that you are ashamed of, those parts of yourself that you just, you don't want people to see, Mm. um, you know, that we, we live with more than anybody else does, you know, like, like a shadow. It just, it's like, it's with us, those things. And forgiveness is so massive in helping us to move through that and, and carry on so that we can start to live as creative people again. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, you know what? You need to acknowledge like 100%. You need to acknowledge that what it is about yourself that you, that you, um, dislike are irritated by that, um, you know, that you despise even, you know, those, those things. And I find that usually it's like when you actually start picking away at the things like what seem to be little things that you don't like about yourself, as you start to go deeper, you start to discover that these are things that you actually really despise about yourself. Mm. You know, the little, the things that you gloss over as little, it's like, no, there's, there's a big well of feeling that's behind all of that. And to be able to acknowledge that you feel that way about who you are and what you are. And then to be able to f- forgive yourself for that through your, through compassion towards yourself and humility and, and understanding that you're just a human being, mm-hmm. you know, doing the best that you can, you know, like, and, and truly understand that like you, really you have always done the best that you can at every moment of your life based on on your your beliefs and your capacities at that time that was the best you were capable of of doing and being and there's some room in there to find forgiveness for yourself and as an offshoot you become you become a a, a better human mm-hmm. you know like you become or, or even more human. I don't want to say a better human. You become more of a human being through that process because your ability to acknowledge that within yourself is directly correlates to your ability to see that in others as well and to have more compassion for others in your life. And in general, this leads to a greater sense of well-being, you know, mm-hmm. in life. I agree. Yeah. It does. It, it, you know, and, and you're more of a human being, it's like more humanity. Right. And I think sometimes we, we think of humanity or that as like, I don't know, like somehow you got to like give away your life to everybody else. But humanity is not about that. It's, it's about being able to see the interconnectedness of you in other people and understand that like whatever people present as their image or their ego is not really that accurate to reality. Mm-hmm. And when you start to see that your image and your ego is not actually as true as you might present it, you begin to understand that other people are, are playing that same game. And then you kind of can kind of demask a little bit and say like, okay, well, this is who I am. And like, you don't like it because your ego doesn't like it, but it's not you that doesn't like it. It's just that you're caught in societal or cultural belief systems of who you think you need to be. Um, and then you can kind of forgive people for not being able to see the authentic you because they can't see the authentic self of themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not anything to do with you. Um, 
I want to just share something because you talked about forgiveness, but a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago, I was having trouble forgiving about two or three people and two people in particular. And I'm like, I don't know. Like I've forgiven people that I thought never would in my life, but like, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I like have anger here and I have hurt. And you were like, well, maybe you can forgive yourself for not being able to forgive them. And that was profound for me to, to give myself that break because the actual issue was that I couldn't forgive myself for not forgiving them. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I had time to process and work through that, but that was such a good insight that you shared with me because I feel like that's sometimes when we're stuck on something, we need to go like another level over and go, well, can you forgive yourself for being stuck on it? You know what I mean? Cause we beat ourselves up for getting yeah. stuck. We, we beat ourselves up for all sorts of stuff, but like take it a level back. Can you, can you be okay with the fact yeah. that you're not good at this yet? Can you be okay with the fact that you don't know what to do or that you're, it, can you be okay with the fact that you feel this way, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, and I think that's a part of the whole process is like, we can always go into what I really call like, that's like a higher self exercise where you say your lower self can't forgive these people, but can your higher self forgive you, your lower self for not forgiving these people. And that can transcend you, Mm -hmm. but until you're willing to step outside of yourself, you're just stuck in it. So that, that really, um, that was a turning point for me. And I don't know if that helps express your point further, but I wanted to share that cause it was a real big moment for me in my life. Yeah. And, I mean, I, and I want to give credit to where, where I first found that and, or discovered that, which was, um, it was through, um, a book by Dan Millman. I believe it's from the laws of spirit because that was a really like a transformative, like eye opening thing for me when I, when I first read that I was like whoa because yeah this is kind of going off in a little offshoot but you know the whole thing behind behind that is because when we can't forgive someone we feel shame we feel like we are somehow not good people or that we're failing as people because we can't do that you know, especially if we're people who want to be people who can forgive and people, you know, it's like we're living in an idealized sense, but we can't, a part of us can't get to that level. And so we feel guilt and shame around that. And so what do we do with that guilt and shame is, well, we then put it back onto the people that we can't forgive because we become angry at them because they did this. And because of that, I can't forgive. (laughs) Like it's a really, it's a really twisted, you know, like circle, you know, that just like perpetuates itself. And it's like one of those weird things that like when I came across it, it's like one, it's like, it's like throwing a stick in like the spokes of the wheel, (laughs) you know, it's just like, bam, just interrupts it for, (laughs) it just interrupts it for a second. And it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. You know, but those being able to find those, that space, because I think that, you know, something like forgiveness isn't, is an act of creativity. And I mean, Oh man, we could, now that I'm looking at where we are in the conversation, like shit, this could go in so many places because, you know, we're talking about being creative. It's like, Oh, learn a skill, you know, or develop skills that you've already been 
been you know working on in your life it's but it's like there's also the acts of creativity that are completely internal they're about us as human beings as well and you know forgiveness and taking the time to acknowledge the things that we feel and and why we feel the things that we feel and and to be able to find room to to give ourselves a little bit more compassion and to give others a little bit more compassion these are all equally and and if not more important creative acts that we can engage in at this time i hope that people don't walk away from this call or this talk or whatever um thinking that they need to develop some skill or they need to do something like, I, I hope you don't walk away going like, I, I need to do this. I need to work on my craft or like, that's not, I don't feel like that's what this is about. I feel like what this is about is about you finding some peace, being with yourself and having some form of activity or expression, whatever it may be that feels good and fulfilling and, and wholehearted you know, for, mm -hmm. for you. I think that's really what this is about. And if that turns out to be developing a skill or learning a new thing, then, then great. And if it turns out to be working on forgiving people or yourself, the great, or if it turns out to be sleeping more great. I like, I don't I, like, I really honestly think this is a time where you can do no wrong if you're being true to yourself. Um, and I think that, you know, we're all learning how, we are with ourselves all the time and yet how connected we are with the whole. And when you begin to treat the whole the same way you treat yourself and you treat yourself with love, you solve 98% of the issues that you would ever face in, in life. But not everybody's there. Not everybody loves themselves. And that's why you, I think you have an experience of not everybody loving the whole and not everybody loves the whole and it's because they don't love themselves and it's all here. Right. But mm -hmm. this is a time of like going, okay, well, I don't know. I, I look at it. I just come back to the same exercise. If you're going to die, what are you going to do? How are you going to live? Who are you going to be? You know? And I, I feel like maybe sure. A lot of our calls come back to this. A lot of our talks, I say call cause we're not even in the same yeah. room, but um, I'm so used to it. But like, a lot of our points come back down to the same thing as like just you building a strong relationship with yourself and then letting your life come out of that. And I think when we have an ego relationship with ourselves, it's an image of who we're supposed to be and we don't like it. And so we're trying to pretend to be something we're not. That's, that's an unhealthy relationship with yourself. When you think you need to be something other than you are or look a way other than you are, or you can't do things because other people think a certain way about you, that is an unhealthy relationship with yourself. And I think this is all about how do we get, you know, how do we share the concept of, and I didn't realize at the beginning, but how do we share the concept of having a healthy relationship with yourself, mm -hmm. you know? And then whatever you do with that, I mean, it answers itself. There is no right thing to do or wrong thing to do. But when you have ego and you have a bad relationship with yourself or, a, a, um, you know, a, a abusive one, then yeah, you, you, 
what you do might be abusive because you have an abusive relationship with yourself. Mm. You know, it all comes back to you. Yeah, no, it's so interesting. And it seems so obvious now that we're, (laughs) we're covering Mm -hmm. this ground that the question of what the, what the hell do I do with myself is, is at its foundation. It's a question of getting to know yourself, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, really, yeah. Get to know you. Getting yeah. to know you, and once you get the to, real you, yeah, the authentic you, yeah. And once you get to know that part of you, then what to do is less of a question. What to do yeah. becomes a little bit more clear. Totally. It's funny how these conversations go because you know we don't really know what's going to happen and what we're going to uncover. But you know, I'm definitely walking away with a, with an awareness that. Um, my my self my internal self relationship is an expression of what i'm doing and how i'm doing everything i'm doing and i'm beginning to see i'm actually beginning to see my reflection back in my expression like of what i've done up to this point and it's 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 funny to catch yourself in the act is what i'm saying for me, it's been funny to catch myself in the act of going, Oh, that's funny. Like, um, I, I don't, I didn't reach out to people cause I didn't think they cared, but then I had an epiphany like, Oh, like I actually do think they care, but like catching myself in the act of like, this is how I treat myself. Like mm-hmm. I don't care this is what I project on other people, but it's like, I want to care. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want them to care. You know what I'm saying? It's like, catching yourself and seeing that you are an other. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like I'm trying to express the awareness that I had about it, but it's like here, let me try and be simpler. I don't think people care about me because I decided inside that what I'm doing and who I am doesn't matter. But when I repair that relationship and decide that what I do and who I am does matter, I begin to recognize that people care, but sometimes through people caring, it makes me see that I matter. And then I realized that inside myself, I decided I didn't, but I didn't need them to tell me that if that makes sense. Like, it's kind of like a puzzle. Like you can put it together from the left or you can put it together from the right or the top or the bottom, but it still fits the same. It's just mm-hmm. your way of entering into seeing how it fits. My way was kind of like going, Oh, like at first I didn't think I mattered. And now I realize I do. And if I do matter, what am I going to do with myself? Maybe I'll do things differently than I did if I didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's an incredibly powerful thing to come to. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. Beer. (laughs) What are you drinking? What are you drinking in, in your neck of the woods, sir? The title of this beer is epic. (laughs) Creepy uncle dunkle. (laughs) <laughs> that's what it's called it's a dark lager a dunkle and um it, moon underwater uh the bay street victoria bc they're in hmm. um yeah no this is a it's a good little beer um <laughs> on the back they're like it's the most un- misunderstood beer the dunkle <laughs> <laughs> um anyway it's a really it's a really good uh really good tasty beer and i definitely recommend it um I also recommend like if you haven't had a dunkel as a beer, there's a lot of good 
good beers that are like that, you know, um, they're kind of a, I find them to be like a very tasty, um, lager, like, cause they're dark, but they're almost like an ale, but they have like more body and like more flavor. Um, and a bit like a, they remind me sometimes a bit of a half of Eisen in the sense that they have that kind of, I don't know, like it's like an ale. It's like a winter beer that went summer. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's tasty. It's good stuff. Well, I am, uh, I am consuming, there's no crazy name for it, which is surprising for these guys. Cause they normally, uh, have some pretty interesting names for their stuff but this is from phillips brewing and malting company and this is just a black currant wheat ale that's good it's been really good it was uh it was a birthday part of a birthday present pack for my wife (laughs) nice and uh it's been kind of like nice just like a little bit of tartness without it being like an actual sour um, which I'm not always crazy about, but it's just kind of easy to drink. Perfect for a spring day <laughs> with the sun out. So nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, let's wrap this baby up. Call it a day. All right. Um, I, I mean, I, for the most part, I said my point. So, I mean, maybe I'll just summarize. I think that what we came to in this conversation was when asking the question, what the hell do I do with myself? If you look inside and you see what you don't allow yourself to do, what you actually truthfully want to do, and you can decide that the thing that stops you from doing this thing matters less than doing it. I think that that is really where your answers are going to come from getting there, making that happen for yourself, it's probably a little bit more difficult than just saying like, this is what you need to do. But I just go back to that exercise. If you had one day left to live, what would you do? Mm-hmm. One week left to live. What would you do? One month left to live. What would you do? One decade left. What would you do? And here's the last thing I'll leave everybody with. Cause I said that so many times after you've done the 10 years and not before, Imagine after 10 years, you did everything you possibly dreamed of in those 10 years, everything on your bucket list, every single thing. Then ask yourself, what would I do for the next 10 years? And you're going to come up with some really cool shit. I will. Yes. Just uh, secondly, I will encourage everybody to go and, and do exactly as you said. And I'll just reiterate, you know, in, in this time, it's really about finding the ways to give yourself the freedom to, to express and to create, you know, to, like you're saying, get really getting to know who, who we really are taking that opportunity because that's going to dictate and inform so much of what it is that we choose to do. But so much of this I'm realizing is, is really about freedom is where are we sort of imprisoning ourselves? Where are we putting limits on ourselves? What are the stories we are telling ourselves? What are the limiting things that we are telling to ourselves that get in the way of us just being free to create and to play like, we just so naturally did as when we were kids 
you know, like that. I don't think that 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 space is unavailable to us as adults anymore. I think that we can absolutely we can absolutely bring that back into our lives. And now is an amazing, amazing, perfect time to do that. So what is it that you need to do to feel free and to feel safe, to just let yourself be and to let yourself create and express? What are those things? Start with the questions that Brandon asked you (laughs) and see where you go from there. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.